360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. High high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine. It's produced by members of graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We're broadcasting from our studios in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory now known to settlers as the East Bay Area. And I'm your host tonight, Joy Moore, from Apprentice Group 20 in Lakesh. Tonight, we're in conversation with Erica Pang and Ben Weintraub about relationships, connected communication across divides, and we're going to have a short demonstration of our weekly practice to achieve effective communications that enhance our relationships. All that tonight on Full Circle. Again, I'm your host, Joy Moore. Keep it locked. Welcome back to Full Circle. This is your host, Joy Moore. And I'm here with our guests, Erica Pang and Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub, two very good friends of mine whom I've embarked on a journey with to practice and learn effective connected communications. We want to share our experience with the gift brought to us by Erica, which she calls Erica Pang Connects. Erica teaches interpersonal skills and embodied leadership at UC Berkeley High School of Business and is a very good longtime friend. And my other partners in this practice is Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub. What is Erica Payne Connects, you say? Well, we'll attempt to demonstrate a practice that has been immensely positive in my life this last year. And I'm learning the difference between listening and hearing, learning to listen and to hear myself. This is something I practice and I'd like to share it with you. So I met Erica 20 years ago and we became friends. It was a difficult time in my life and I needed help. And Erica offered me something called co-counseling where I learned how to cry safely, to express myself honestly, and to attempt to be in touch with my feelings and learn how to deal with my feelings, what they mean, where they come from. And also whether or not um, I'm able to be honest when I'm communicating. And so I went through this practice of co-counseling. Let's fast forward 20 years. And in the last two years now, I have been suffering from unexplained weight loss. I haven't been able to eat. I've had very difficulty um, raising the energy I need to get up. And I had a lot of trouble and I'm still having trouble, but I reconnected with my friend Erica and she brought me the gift I'm talking about now. Um, Erica connecting across the divide. So I'm learning how to listen carefully, compassionately, and to identify with the person I'm listening to without interjecting or reacting with my own feelings, my own thoughts and my life experience. I just open myself up. 
I'm learning how to open myself up to listen to each to other people, to listen to myself, to be honest with other people, and to be honest with myself. And it takes practice. This is not something we're learned or taught. We're taught how to read. We're taught how to investigate. We're taught how to speak. But we're not very often taught how to listen. And it's something I learned later in life. And I'm so happy that I'm acquiring this skill. It's changed me. It's opened me up. It's made me feel like I have um, purpose. And I'm learning to listen to other people and learning to listen to myself. And I know it sounds like a simple thing, but it isn't. It isn't. And it doesn't come naturally either. We have to practice. We have to learn it, understand it, and practice it. And I am a talker. Can I tell you? I was born in New York in a large, talking, loud, talking family. And I always had to shout to get my way or wait for a space open to, to have people listen to me. And, and I rarely listened to other people. I thought I was listening. What it was was I wasn't hearing. Listening is one thing. And we can have our ears open, but that doesn't mean our mind is open. And it doesn't mean that we're receiving the um, communications that we've been given openly and honestly and non-reactively because this is what we do. We hear something and we react and it's not necessarily what you need when you're trying to be a compassionate listener and receiver of someone else's story. And so this is a, a new idea for me. I'm running with it. I love practicing and um, Erica and Ben and I do practice it at least once a week. Um, to learn to listen to each other non-reactively. And so I thought this was such a valuable tool, such a valuable lesson that's really helped guide my life in this last year or so. And it's helped me try to discover what I need to be healthy, what I need to be balanced, what my emotional needs are. How do I satisfy uh, my curiosity, my life? How do I build relationships? How do I connect with people that I want to connect with? And how do I intently involve myself in whatever conversation I'm having? And so I'm so happy to have this skill, to learn this skill, to practice this skill. And I thought it was important to bring it to you and share it to all of you. So later we're going to hear from Erica Pang uh, about Erica Connects and we're going. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me make that straight. It's Erica Connects Across uh, Divides and it's perceived divides because we're all human. There's no doubt about it. There's that is not the division between us. We're all human beings. We have different tastes, different lives, different experiences, but the thing we have in common is our humanness. And I want to honor that and learn how to respect it when I encounter it from other people. So I hope you enjoy the next 45 minutes or so that we're gonna to spend together talking about how we can connect across the body, how we can communicate effectively and how we can strengthen our relationships. So we will hear from Erica Pang and we will hear from Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub. First, we'll hear from Erica about how she got into this um, particular practice, and then we'll hear from Ben about how the practice has um, affected his life. And then the three of us are going to have a practice session. So 
Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick music break. And when we come back, we'll talk with Erica Pan. together one voice saying yes we can each one reach one till we pull ourselves up because we all one fan from the rest of the block to the prairie to the rock we connect that love because the people with power for the power of the people when we stand as one. i got you stuck off the realness we be indigenous you heard of us max have been the murderous bread in the love with the water returned in the stand against they gotta know what the purpose is we ride the climate is changing the signs of the times it's time to start praying pray for the world and community, prayers are more powerful when we're in unity. Hungry for a change, new path to take. Can't stay the same, it's been too long. Pointing out who's right or wrong, can you hear me out? All we need is a little bit of love. Take time to heal, and it starts with us. Hand in hand, I put my trust in one world reunite. It's a Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 KPFA. I'm your host, Joy Moore, and that song you just heard is We Are One, One World by Taboo. So now I want to introduce to you my first special guest, Erica Pang. Erica is a leadership coach and founder of Erica Pang Connects. In her work as a coach, professor, facilitator, sister, daughter, friend, she teaches what we most need to learn in school, but we don't. <laughs> How to break free from limiting beliefs like shame and self-righteousness and how to navigate fight, flight, reactivity so we can build the emotional connection and community that helps us move through and heal us from life's ills. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Joy. So good to be here with you. So tell us about Erica Connects. How did you start this? What is this about? Why are you doing this for us? Sure. Well, the irony is, even though my work is focused on helping people build connection and empathy and listen deeply, as you shared. Ironically, it comes from being an expert in disconnection. And there are two parts of this in my path. So in my earliest memory, I'm lying on a twin bed in my room. I'm about three years old. And there's a window at the head of my bed. And I tilt my head back and I'm looking out the window at this single magnificent tree. And I say to myself, I am Erica. I am Erica. But when I say my name, I have a clear sense that I, Erica, am part of this tree, and this tree is part of me. But not, not long after that, you know, I realize that's not how most people 
walk around in the world thinking they're part of nature and the trees. And I remember being pretty bewildered um, from living in a culture that's really disconnected from ourselves and each other and nature that we're really a part of. So that was one big piece of my disconnection that fuels this work that I do now. Um, the other part of my disconnection involves race. So I grew up in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, and I was the only Chinese kid until uh, I was 12 years old in my school. And I coped with the stress of being the only one who was different by convincing myself that I was white and Jewish. That was the community that I lived in, and I wanted to fit in and belong. So I rejected everything about myself that was Chinese, and I directed contempt towards myself and my parents. And every day was a constant threat of being rejected. So I threw myself into being a super achiever to, direct my, to distract myself. You know, piano lessons at three, a recital at four, uh, left high school after my junior year to start college a year early. So, you know, on the outside, I was a super achiever, but on the inside, I was completely disconnected from myself. And I struggled with shame and self-deficiency for many years, decades, really. Um, and then, of course, my relationships were also not grounded in connection. You know, I had social anxiety. I was overly concerned about what others thought of me. So really, for the first almost 40 years of my life, I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, like, I'm too sensitive. I care too much. I don't have what it takes to be successful in this society. And I felt pretty isolated emotionally, even for myself. So, you know, often we think of divides and polarization with other people or other communities or other groups. But my first experience was really those divides within myself and my own uh, self-worth and wholeness. Um, so fast forward, it really wasn't until my 40s that I healed enough of my disconnection and trauma to realize that, oh, it's not me that's flawed. It's this culture that we live in that prioritizes hyper-individualism and rewards achievement and task over self-worth and emotional connection. So you mentioned, Joy, you know, how we're not taught any of this. And um, that's true. We're, we're not. We're disconnected from ourselves. We don't learn how to be connected to our self-worth and how to build trust and emotional connection with others. Um, but I will tell you what we do learn. Um, we learn how to listen in a way that is focused on task and individualism. So think back to school. We're trained to listen from our own individual point of view to benefit ourself, right? So we're trained to listen for information to do well on a test or to ask the smart questions or to solve the problem efficiently. And we're rewarded for this behavior by school. We get better grades and by institutions. We get promoted later in life. Um, so it's all reinforcing this, you know, listening and engaging from our point of view and our, our reactivity. And we are not taught um, how to listen to extend comfort and empathy to ourselves or each other. So very few are able to actually pause their own opinion or commentary or reactivity 
to simply witness and affirm another person's emotional experience and validate their experience, especially if what they're sharing or who they are is, is different and threatening. Um, so that's really the realm of what I teach. Um, it's, it's what I needed myself uh, to dig myself out of my hole of shame and disconnection. And when I began sharing with people, people wanted to learn more. And uh, like you, you know, hearing your story over the last 20 years, it's just, I'm, I'm so moved to hear what a difference it's made in your life. Well, you've made a difference in my life. <laughs> and so, um, so tell us a little more about Erica Con Connects. How do people get involved? What, what can we do? How do we connect with you? And tell us about and tell us about your, you know, your practice. What, you know, when does it go on? What happens? Give us an idea. Sure. So, um, well, you've been coming since October. Um, I have a once a month gathering. It's usually the fourth Saturday of every month. And then there's information about it on my website, um, which is ericapengconnects.com. And the session is called Connect Across Difference. And um, I, it's really a, a time where people can come together and gather and really practice. Like you said, we have to practice um, both sharing and also listening in the way that I was describing, like not for our own benefit, not to ask questions or interrupt or to solve problems, but to really just be with one another. Um, and I started these public sessions uh, the week after George Floyd was murdered because I was feeling so much, people were feeling so much around the world, and yet we haven't been taught how to have our feelings. You know, we're also really disconnected from our emotions um, and how to be with each other with strong emotions. Um, and we've been disconnected from our anger and our rage and our grief. So it, it can get expressed and really just unhealthy, unproductive ways. It's been so suppressed for so long. So I wanted to create a space where, where people could come together in a very structured practice, you know, not a free for all, but a very structured practice to really support each other, but also be able to show up how we are in our, in our feelings and our pain. Um, and in that, when we do that, when we gather together, even in our struggle and our pain, we actually feel joy and humanity. Um, so even in the suffering, there can be healing. So that's a little bit about what we do in the gatherings. Yes, thank you. And, and, and what I found is getting out of my own head is the hardest thing I've had to learn how to do. Because I have negative from when I was a kid. You know, what I was told, what I look like, um, how smart I wasn't, how fat I was, and all these things, and I believed it. And so I'm um, running through my head is always the negative. Joy, why couldn't you do this better? Joy, why why did you do that? You're so stupid. What's wrong with you? And I have to change that inner voice. And the practice that I'm doing with you is really, really helping me so, so very much. I can't tell you. Oh, I'm so glad, Joy, really. And so... You um, ha have been doing this since um, George Floyd. Tell me about the reaction um, from people that you've shared this with. What, what are some of the things you're hearing? At, 
how this is, can help them other than me thanking you <laughs> profusely uh, for bringing this to me. And talk about Lynn too, because you're not doing this alone, right? That's right. Well, answer the first question. What I what I hear often from people, usually every every practice is even after a very short practice, it's you know really only fifteen minutes or so. Each person is only sharing for a minute and a half, so it blows people's minds because it's not about how much they share. We're not sharing our life stories. Um, it's not about how long we share. It's the quality of attention and presence that we're bringing to uh, engaging with another person. And so I think people are really surprised to feel a depth of connection that many have never actually experienced before to just put their own brain and, and reactivity on hold and, and just truly be very present with another person. So, you know, I hear often people will come into these gatherings feeling pretty overwhelmed and stressed, you know, especially what's been going on this last year and a half with COVID and other things in life, many, many long before COVID, discrimination and distress and all that. And, and after a very short practice, feeling a sense of calm and feeling energized, feeling hopeful, um, there was actually one participant who'd been suffering from chronic back pain. She said she, even during the practice, you know, she couldn't really stop fidgeting but by the end, she said that for the first time in a long time, her back pain had gone away. So I think just calming and healing on, on many levels. And you mentioned Lynn, my dear friend, Dr. Lynn Morrow. She's the director of the Oakland Symphony Chorus. She came to the first gathering um, a couple of days after George Floyd was murdered. And she had a really profound experience herself. Um, she's a Black woman. She'd been in a park walking and there was a dog that accosted her. It was the owner of the dog was a white man. And this was days after George Floyd and the Amy Cooper incident in Central Park, a white woman who called the police because she feared this black man, quote unquote, feared that this black man was gonna. Anyway, that was her story. So Lynn came into the session quite agitated, um, but she was partnered. She did the listening practice. She's partnered with a white man. And she felt deeply, deeply affirmed and held and validated by him. And um, it just restored her own calm in herself and her own nervous system and, and her hope in humanity. And it gave her the experience of, wow, we, it is possible to connect across these perceived divides. So now she, um, she's helping leading the sessions. It was so, so profound for her. And she brings in her expertise as um a singer and a choral director. So we, she does the breath work and movement and leads us in a call and response to help calm our nervous systems and connect. Yes. And it's very soothing and it's a good way to start out with music because music is universal and it connects us in a way that we can't, I can't understand. Thank you, Erica. You're listening to KPFA Full Circle. That was the voice of Erica Payne from Erica Payne Connects. We're going to take a quick music break and then we'll be back with our other guests, Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub and his experience with Erica Connects. Stay tuned.
That was Celebrate by Cool and the Gang. Erica chose that song, and I. part of the practice that we have together weekly is a celebration of ourselves and each other. So we are talking about relationships and connected communications across differences and perceived divides. That's what I'm going to call it. Our next guest is Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub. He grew up in Lafayette, California the traditional site of indigenous village of Saklan. His mother's family has been settlers here in Turtle Island since the 1650s, originally coming from England. His father's family are Eastern European Jews. Ben's life is dedicated to collectively redefining wealth, resource, and safety based on interconnection and belonging with the human and more than human world. He draws much of his inspiration from compost piles. I love it. Composting, that's reusing stuff that we use and, and reuse it to enrich soil. I love the, the image of that. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Troy. It's great to be here. So tell us about um, connecting, uh, Erica con Connections. How did you get involved and in, in what are you getting out of it? Tell us about your experience. Sure. Well, I got involved through you, Joy. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had known Erica for a while, and you were just raving about these sessions. And so I checked it out. And where I was at that point is I had had a concussion about three years ago and was feeling isolated and confused about my symptoms and was doing some reading and um, having conversations about people about what was going on with me. I was feeling tired and lethargic. I was feeling uh, like I couldn't focus very well, things like that. And so we ended up meeting with Erica and the first thing we did was a vision exercise on feeling alive, a memory that we had when we felt fully alive and joyous. And I could feel in my whole body, my whole system, just an aliveness, a vibrancy. I, I remember I, um, I had this image of my, myself as a eight-year-old on the beach with my grandma, playing in the sand and hugging grandma. And it just felt so good to take 10 minutes to soak up that image in my whole body. So that's how we started. And it felt really different to me. You know, it might be because, um, you know, I am 
I am a white man, cis man with, with class privilege and deeply dedicated to social justice and had this injury and didn't know how to take care of myself. Didn't know how to see my self-worth as, um, I think I was, I was trapped in a lot of shame and a lot of, um, yeah, you know, sacred sacrifice towards, towards a, a greater good, uh, a community good and not sure how to take care of myself. So that's what it's been about for me. And can you tell us um, what has changed for you through this practice? What, what's different for you now in terms of your life experience, your communications and your relationships with your friends and family? Sure, I'm not gonna say it's a magical wand and my whole life's great and my health is just perfect now. But I have noticed differences, and I think notice is a key word. A few weeks ago, I was in a meeting, and um, one of my colleagues, a woman of color, was, was speaking, and I just noticed that I wasn't listening to her. I just wasn't listening. My, my head was somewhere else. I was saying different stories. I was closed off in some way. And just the act of noticing is profound to me. Um, we were in a session just last week, Joy, Erica, and I, and there was a prompt that Erica gave us, which was, oh, what was it, Joy? Do you remember? Let's see. Tell it, Erica, you there. Tell us something that we won't do again what was it let me see <laughs> my memory try. is so bad <laughs> it was um the prompt was i will not pretend yes that's yes. right that's okay. right my, I, I won't pretend that i remembered that because i didn't <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't either so i will not pretend and mm -hmm. as soon as erica said that what i noticed was my whole jaw clenched mm. i will not pretend and so obviously those words hit me on some somatic level. Um, I will not pretend. I was holding something back. I don't know fully what it was. But anyway, that, that's the main thing that I see is, um, yeah, incorporating self-worth and joy into my life, knowing that I deserve it um, because I'm a human being. And also this noticing of noticing how I react to certain things, taking a breath, sensing um, how my body is reacting to things in different environments um, with different people. Uh, how am I showing up and, and what might that pattern be, be about? So it's a deep questioning and noticing. And it happened to me too when she gave us that prompt. I was stuck. You know, I mean, first of all, the assumption is that we do pretend <laughs> and we do. And so I had to search myself and see what it is that I'm protecting others from or myself from when I pretend. Why do I pretend? For example, my uh, and I don't mind sharing this. One of the things that I agreed not to pretend was that I was well when I'm not. I've been suffering um, for almost two years now with weight loss. And somehow I felt that it was a failing of my own and I had to keep it a secret. 
and I had to pretend I was okay so that everyone around me would be okay. I didn't want anybody to worry about me. And what the key thing is, I wasn't worried about, I was worried about me, but I was pretending I wasn't. And that's the honesty that I'm talking about, the space to be honest. Uh, we start with music, we start with song, we have celebration song. As I say, music is this um, panacea of calm and relaxation and connection through the music. That That's the very first thing. And then being able to share your inner selves honestly and openly, first with yourself and then with whoever it is you're having a conversation with. It is remarkable. It is simple in its conception, but in its practice, it takes practice and it takes consistency and a commitment to it. And I'm telling you, I'm, I ha I've been doing this since October and I'm still nowhere as close as I need to be or would like to be. But I know if I continue to practice with myself and with my community, that I will improve in my ability to connect and build relationships on an honest, open basis. So did you want to share anything else about this before we go to our next segment, um, Ben? No, I feel good. Okay, good. I thank you for sharing that. Um, we're going to take a music break right now and we'll be back and we're going to give you a prompted demonstration of the conversations uh, that we have. Just a brief demonstration so you can get an idea of what this is all about. Let's take a music break. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Joy Moore, and I'm joined by my guests, Erica Pang and Ben Victor Peace Weintraub. So, um, Ben, tell us about the music we heard. Yeah, that's my friends of uh, Maya Elise and The Good Dream. 
They just released a new uh, album over the weekend. I was there for the release party. Um, it's really exciting music. It's kind of folk music, singer-songwriter. And um, it, all of the songs have to do with climate change. And the album is called um, Songs for the Breakdown. And so listen, listen to the words. It's really deep. I've been playing it on repeat for the past few days. Okay, thank you. So now back to our guests, Erica Pang and Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub. Uh, we're talking about um, Erica Connects, how it's made a difference in our life. And uh, we're going to demonstrate a conversation or practice uh, for your enjoyment. So, Erica, I'd like you to give us a prompt and you set it up and tell us how you'd like us to proceed. Thanks, Joy. Let me just take a minute to explain um, what you and Ben are going to demonstrate in this practice. Um, so there's a prompt, um, an activity or experience that brings comfort and calm in moments of overwhelm or shame and why. So Ben is going to share um, for just a minute and a half. And we're going to pause, really notice, be with that experience of Ben's share. And then Joy will listen, just receive that and practice her listening that she's been working on. Um, so she'll reflect back what she heard, she's going to use the first person I. So it might seem a little bit strange, but it can really help people get out of their own experience and head and really take the perspective or experience of the other person. Um, we'll pause. And then because Joy's not sure whether she um, got it, um, there'll be a moment where she will ask Ben, uh, is there anything important that I missed? And Ben will have an opportunity to clarify or fill in any gaps that were missed and that's that's what you'll that's what you'll see demonstrated so the prompt um is and I, I think about the prompts because the purpose of all of this is to calm our nervous system because we're walking around you know I, my story was in constant threat from being chinese in a white community but we have threats coming at us all the time like uncertainty loss of control um, unfairness, so much, especially around COVID. So um, in order to connect, our nervous systems need to be calmed down. Otherwise, we're in fight, flight, survival mode. So um, this is what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about a prompt. Like what would be resourcing? What would be calming? So the prompt, um, Ben, is what's an activity or experience that brings comfort and calm? This could be recent, um, you know, especially in moments of your overwhelm or you mentioned shame. Um, so yeah, something that's brought comfort and calm that you'd like to do more of um, and, and why it's been important for you. Before you dive in, Ben, let's all three of us just take a deep breath. And as Ben was describing, one of the practices, notice. As you breathe, just notice what's happening in your body. Notice any physical sensations. Notice how you are in this moment. We're often moving so fast and multitasking, we, we don't even know. We don't even realize when we have to go to the bathroom or we're hungry or we're thirsty. Let's take a moment. 
And Ben, this is really a chance. This is a gift for you. It's not for Joy or for me um, in this time that you get to share um, to be really deeply witnessed and held and affirmed in your experience. Um, so you can think about your share in that way as well. So yeah, what's an activity or experience that brings comfort and calm in moments of overwhelm or shame? Um, and why has that been important? Something I've been doing recently is going outside and closing my eyes and looking towards the sun. Just taking a few minutes to soak up the sunlight through my forehead. And the sun is so amazing, the sunshine. And just connects me to the earth and to my aliveness. And that's it. It's a really simple practice, but breaking up what I had been doing, whether it's inside, sitting down, um, reading or writing or on my computer, breaking that kind of time up um, with time in the sun like that, or in, yeah, in feeling really overwhelmed, just taking that moment of calm and feeling my skin and feeling my feet on the ground. So that's my simple practice recently. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for sharing, Ben. I, when I am in um, despair, um, one of the things I do is to go outside and look at the sun and feel the sun and the energy. And when I'm doing um, tasks, when I'm on the computer or whatever, when I'm in the sun, I enjoy it and I feel it on my body and I experience it. And it helps me um, connect. Um, I feel the sun on my face. I feel the sun and, and I, I revel in it and I enjoy it. And it helps me through um, is what I heard. So let's just take a pause, take a breath and notice how you're feeling then from sharing and, and being witnessed, having that reflected back to you. Oh, yes. And, and then did I capture it? Most of it? I'm sorry. I forgot to ask the question. Oh, no, we're not there yet, Joy. Oh, okay. See, there you go. It's practice. Ha, yeah. Ha, ha. <laughs> I just want to give you time to just pause a moment. Okay. Notice how that was for you, Joy, to receive what Ben shared in his experience, reflect that back, and for Ben to experience what that was like for him. So just take a breath, just notice if there's anything standing out, if you wanna share what you're noticing in this moment. Yeah, um, first of all, um, I have a kinship uh, with Ben's feeling of the sun, because I too um, count the sun, me, myself, I count the sun as my higher power. But listening to Ben, I felt the sun when he was describing it. I could feel the heat of it. I could feel, I feel the calmness that the sun brings 
um, when I'm outside and I'm experiencing it truly on a personal, individual, deep level of how powerful the sun is and how much heat it carries and how important it is. So I, I, I hope I captured what you said too, Beth. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I, one of my reflections of the practice is, um, you know, the words that you use, Joy, weren't necessarily exactly the words that I used or the same order that I said things in, but you absolutely captured it. And so for me, it's always really interesting to hear um, these shares back from someone else who who's listening and then processing processing it differently. But then it comes out and it's pretty much all there. It's just slightly different. Yes. So, Joy, you had mentioned, oh, do I get to ask a question? So the question you can ask is, is there anything important that I missed? And then that that will give Ben a chance to fill in if there was anything that was right. You know, he wants to clarify. Right. And that's what I was saying about practice, remembering and 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 having a a way to go forward. But you're right. So Ben, was there anything important that I missed? No, no, not that I remember. Okay. So this question is so important because we mostly don't ask it or even check ourselves. We're pretty much assuming whatever we hear is what the person meant, right? And we're just now responding to each other. But a lot of times we we are missing things. So um, it's really so much more than the listening. It's it's also caring enough to slow down to check. Did I did I actually get that? Am I hearing? Am I with you? And that's just a simple a simple question. And it's just so important. And often, even if we didn't get it, just by asking that question conveys care that I care enough to know to want to know. And one of the other things that's happened that I think is important to point out is. There is no best way or perfect way to do this. It's all about practicing and trying to keep yourself out of the other person's uh, experience. And that's hard for me, I have to tell you. I always want to interject myself into everything because I'm, I'm, uh, what am I, what am I, um, I, I don't want to say I'm self-obsessed, but I think we all start from the self and it's difficult to separate ourselves out. And so I'm learning how to do that and be more receptive to other people's feelings without comparing them to my own. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because I'll, I'll mention, you know, in, in that short bit right before you asked the question, I said, you know, take a breath, notice what's going on if you, if you want to share something. And Joy, you shared this whole piece, right? Like of how you felt the sun and, you know, you had this whole experience in a few seconds as Ben, even as you were listening and paying attention to Ben, it, it still evoked this whole experience for you. So we're being impacted by each other and ourselves and what's going on constantly. Um, there's so much going on in our brain and our body. And again, often we're not we're not present enough to, to notice, like, am I feeling connected? Am I disconnected? What, what do I need? Do I have a need? So to just be able to pause and put words to it and, and notice um, 
kind of as Ben was mentioning, is part of the practice. Otherwise, we're just, we're so in it, we don't even notice. Yeah. And then the other thing I just wanted to mention was, in terms of our discovery of ourselves and learning to connect with other people, the thing that, one of the gifts that I've been given by Erica Connects is celebrating myself. So I have celebration songs now. Music is the thing that I was missing in my life. My, I got so busy with my teaching and my illness and all. I forgot how important music was. I mean, when I was growing up, I had the music on all day. I got up in the morning, my alarm clock went off. I turned on the radio, got in my car. I had my YouTube now and all this, but I had forgotten that. So now, instead of in my head, it's, Joy, you're so stupid. Why did you do this? You could have did this better. Why didn't you say this? Why didn't you do that? I, I turn on my celebration song to crowd out that negative, and I celebrate myself, something I never did in my whole life. I'm almost 70 years old, and I rarely, if ever, celebrated me and how I feel and my connection with myself. Now I'm learning to do that, and it's such a freeing, liberating thing. I wish I had this gift when I was 21. Life is more precious to me now. Every moment that I have now is very, very important because I have very few moments left. And I know this in my heart, but I'm still celebrating. I'm celebrating the life I had and I'm celebrating what's to come forward. No matter what, I'm alive and I'm a human and I'm part of this world and I'm connected to other people. And that's the most important thing I've gotten out of Erica Connect. Thank you. Anything else before we wrap this up? We've been having a good time sharing. Anybody? I want to receive what you just shared. Okay. Because that was, that was significant. Um, talking about yourself as being almost 70 years old and not really being supported around how to celebrate yourself. And that it's been such a gift for you and really helped you um, heal during this really difficult time that you've mentioned about your your struggle emotionally and physically with your with your weight loss so i i do want to i hear that and um i you know just because we we've known each other but you know even ben in this conversation has mentioned shame and it's such a chronic and you know to me it's it's the other invisible undetected global pandemic that so many people are suffering from is, you know, there's, we're in this culture that tells us constantly that we are not enough. Mm -hmm. Whatever we're doing, we're not enough. Whatever we mm -hmm. look like, we're not enough. And mm -hmm. actually, this is one thing that is a shared human experience in this, in this culture of hyper-individualism and disconnection. And um, in terms of learning how to reconnect with our wholeness and our worthiness and each other, the celebration and the joy and the aliveness that you feel when you when you play your music or when Ben is stepping outside to feel the sun, that is um, helping our nervous system calm and regulate from being in stress and in threat or in sh you know collapsed in shame. And so, I'm so glad you mentioned that joy because yeah, you know being able to have more moments of celebration and joy and aliveness is the path is truly the path to, to connection really. Absolutely. And I also have to say um, 
I've known Erica for 20 years. I, I dated from the birth of my grandson. I met him, uh, Erica the same year as my grandson was born. But um, Ben's and our relationship is newer. I've known him for about five years almost now. And our relationship has been strengthened. Our connection has been strengthened by this practice. I feel so close to these two people right now. They're like family to me. And without them, I don't know where I would be right now. I was really struggling. And the strength, the confidence, the affirmation that I get from our practice and from sharing with the two of you is invaluable. And um, I feel like I've known Ben forever. Uh, and I have known Erica forever. <laughs> uh, but we have a strong relationship. We're very close. And we rely on each other for so many things now in an honest, deep, connected way that I never would have expected. Um, not just because he lives in Lafayette and I live in Berkeley, <laughs> but because we've connected on a human level um, that's free of prejudice and preconceived divides. And that's the big thing that I've gotten out of this besides the practice of celebrating myself and being honest and open and listening deeply. The other thing I've learned is uh, what I expected as a relationship with Ben is not what happened. And so there, there you go. It's the practice itself is getting to know each other. And we met, actually I met Ben uh, on a ride share to a farming conference. And I never taken a ride share from a European male person or anyone <laughs> from Lafayette. So I didn't know, I had my expectations, but they were all wrong. Um, ben is a, a, a complete, deep, complex human being who exceeded all my expectations in terms of our friendship and relationship. And then Erica is just such a, um, a bulwark of support. And I'm, I'm a very needy person right now. And so I have to thank them openly and honestly and publicly for their support, for this practice. I'd encourage you all to check out Erica Connects and see if you can uh, benefit from the practice as well. Did anybody, um, Ben especially, you haven't said anything in a minute, just share for a second, if you don't mind, um, what you would share with people about this and how you would have them in, be involved if they could. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Joy, for sharing all that. And I just, you know, feel honored to call you and Erica friends and feel honored every time that I'm in space with you all. And what I'd say about the practice is that it's really about coming as you are. We talked a bit about shame. We talked about noticing. But it's not about pretending, you know, the celebration that we're, we're talking about it's about being really present with what is and coming as you are and telling people how you are and having that be received. And, you know, so, sometimes we go down um, in ways that I'm sure Erica couldn't have predicted um, because we're just three humans having shared but different experiences. So that's what, what I wanted to share. Thank you. And Erica, how can people get in contact with you and what do you have coming up next? Yeah, my website is ericapangconnects.com. And again, the, these 
sessions gatherings happen once a month with Lynn Morrow. Um, there's one happening on Saturday, August 28th, uh, 9.15 in the morning Pacific time. Um, and I also have a transforming, sh- breaking free from shame, quieting your inner critic uh, workshop coming up on September 10th at three o'clock Pacific time. All right. Thank you. Thank you both so much for sharing with us tonight. I really appreciate your time and effort. I encourage everyone to go to Erica's site, get connected, find out how you can communicate deeply and honestly and openly and connect with yourself too. So this is uh, Joy Moore for Full Circle. I've been your host here with Erica Payne and Ben Victor Peaks Weintraub. Um, We've been talking about Erica Connects and effective communication. Thank you. Thanks, Joy. Thank you, Joy. Okay, that's it for tonight. On behalf of the Full Circle team, executive producer, Ms. M, Free Willing Franklin is our marvelous engineer and technical director. And I've been your host, Joy Moore. Much thanks to our guest, Erica Payne, and then Victor Peaks Weintraub for sharing with us tonight. And thanks to all of you for listening. Remember, please protect your health and your humanity and stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night.